Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of the world. Century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen. Hey, uh, do it, screams from the haters. Dashboard's newest employee is joining us. Dude, I've been seeing, there's been a very significant uptick in the quality of the graphics. Oh, I mean, Dashboard's by Dashboard's. viral for the first time today. Yeah, so. true. Did Wait, you what? Get any followers? Oh, off of oh, that? oh. No, <laughs> fucking bullshit. Oh, <laughs> I got fucking 73 likes now. A single one of them motherfuckers want to follow me. Come on, that's fucked up. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what you, what you got to do is what I'm, what I'm doing is you just got to follow people and get the follow backs. And then as follow, yeah. every single person that liked that, you should follow. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and then and go follow everybody that follows Dash Sports because they all follow us back. Mm. Um, but you got to do stuff like that. Get the followers up, um, and then start unfollowing. And then, and then you need to start. I making only them, unfo- I You need only to start making them for put- random. You need to start making them for random people that would never get edits, like all of <laughs> team. If you make them edits, they're gonna retweet them, and then at least <laughs> make one her one. You'll get like. I've always thought Jabon was a good dude, but that just kind of confirmed it. And, and like the way you that should've, uh, you should have, you should have attacked Matt. Alrighty, guys, welcome back on into another episode of Heated Agreement. I am joined today by Woody, James, and Strings, as made famous by Folklore of Aggie Twitter. Um, <laughs> He he's been gracious enough to bless us with his uh, presence today. We've been reaching out to different people and getting rejected left and right. And we finally found somebody that wanted to talk to us. So, <laughs> welcome on in, man. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a little offended that it sounds like I was fourth or fifth option right now. But <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm gonna be honest. I I didn't think there was a chance in hell. So I shot lower and got rejected by other people. And then when you said, I was like, just like you know what? Screw it. I started messaging people like you guys on the football team and like people that had like we've had people with like I don't know. 4,000 followers max and then like your second Twitter has like 8,000 so that's I'm on my I'm I'm on my third right now oh you're on your third actually oh wow yeah I'm on my third which is Twitter doesn't seem to care for me all that much even though I give it all my love and attention (laughs) (laughs) that was actually one of the questions that was one of the questions I was going to go into is like how beat up you were when the first when the string says account got suspended you know, so so that one was that one was a different story because we had just like we lived in College Station for a long time. Like I I moved back to College Station in two thousand five. You know, met my wife there. Had three kids were born in you know the College Station Medical Center. We lived there for a long ass time, um, but we moved to the Central Texas area to be closer to my wife's family. And we moved in uh, fall of sixteen, right? And so 
at that time we were building a house and whatnot. And so we were living with them. My in-laws were gracious enough to let us live with them, but you know, that's challenging living with your in-laws, you know? And like, I vividly remember, like, I've never really oh, yeah. thought this Twitter thing was that big of a deal. Like everybody can, like I kept getting followers and I'm like, I'm literally a dumbass making jokes about 69 and fart stuff. Like I, I, <laughs> ever, you know, I don't know, like it doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> literally like the week before, I was telling my wife, I'm like, shit, this is getting really big. Like, this is, wow, this is crazy. And then, you know, whatever happened and I wake up one day and I can't refresh and turns out I got deleted. That one beat me up pretty good. Like, I was pretty damn down about that. I think it was like all of the circumstances put together. Um, so that one was one. And then the next year or the next time, whenever they, uh, whenever they got me, they got me, I guess, about a year, two years ago, right before the football season started in 2018. I just had to laugh at that one. I'm like, I don't believe <laughs> I just don't give a shit anymore. I'm going to create a Twitter account and if people follow, then that's great. If not, then I don't really care. Like it's just, yeah. it, it's, I, I wish that I could get off of Twitter um, and like not pay as much attention to it. But the, the, the strangest part about it is that like, this is going to sound super weird, but you develop so many close relationships with people that you just interact with through Twitter. Cause you're interacting with them damn near every single day, you know? Yeah. And, you know, there's guys on Twitter that, like, I remember a few years back that they're, like, Longhorn fans that I'm like, fuck you guys. Like, I can't believe you're saying this <laughs> shit. And now I'm like, I feel like they're, like, my best friends. Like, we are friends yeah. on Facebook, friends on Instagram. We, like, congratulate each other when our kids do something and stuff like that. And it's just funny to think, like, literally four or five years ago, I'm, like, cussing them out because they're talking shit about Kevin Sumlin or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, so it's a, it's, it's, it's been a ride. I guess I'll put it that way. Twitter has definitely so been a ride for me. I want to know if you have any more uh, wire names to pull out of your ass to uh, oh, when your man, next one gets like, canceled. <laughs> I'm gonna like I, I need what I need to start doing is I need to start just creating a list, and you know we'll go down the maybe Bodie says Omar coming. I don't know. We'll find, <laughs> we'll we'll go through seasons one through whatever it was one through seven and find somebody from every single season to find <laughs> to make sure to represent. <laughs> oh man! So uh, when did you finish at A and M? I'm class of 2001. Okay. Um, I graduated in 02. So were you there during the bonfire? Yeah, I was there. That was my uh, junior year in college. I mean, I can't say that I was, I wasn't super involved in bonfire, but uh, oh, right. yeah, that was my junior year in college. Um, you know, and it was, a, um, it was, it, it was, it was a strange time, you know, like it's one of those things where there's that use of the term, there was a pall over something, right? Mm -hmm. That it basically feels like there's this heavy cloth hanging over the campus and you can't breathe. That's exactly what it was. Like the day that it happened, it was just silent, you know, and the campus was just, you know, really in a state of shock and a state of mourning for a good amount of time. And I had the most random memories of that stuff too, because, you know, Bonfire fell in November of 99 due to all of the, um, you know, all of the, the, the investigation that needed to go on, everything that happened, the logs were still out of the field for a good amount of time, you know? So I remember the summer of 2000, this would have been a good, I guess, seven months after bonfire fell, like there was this tiny little ecosystem that was going on at, at, at the polo field because the logs had just been out there and obviously stuff around it was growing. And I remember like just something random, like I had a, I used to park over in that parking lot that's over by the engineering complex over there um to go to summer school and i remember every single day you just drive by and you see all these like nutria running around and stuff like that because they were coming from you know the bonfire field where all of the logs were still stacked there you know um wow but yeah that that was a you know it, it was it's i mean 
being an, I think at this point in time, everybody's gone through some different shit. Like, I mean, students who are on campus right now are going through this pandemic stuff. Like everybody went through their shit. And so it was a very interesting time to have been on campus for bonfire. And then about, I guess, 15, 18 months later for nine 11 to happen and all that other good stuff. And um, yeah, that was, there were definitely some defining moments of that college career, but yeah, bonfire was certainly, was certainly one of those defining moments. No doubt. So were you um, at both the bonfire game and the nine eleven game with the shirts and everything? Yes, I was. Damn. I mean, I was pretty. That made y'all. Man, damn, y'all are making me feel old as fuck. Like that was just what you <laughs> no, did. No, say like, damn. Like that's pretty damn cool. No, like, no, it's, it's, it's cool, but at the same time, like that's just what you did. You, I mean, I used to do well, this yeah. thing. Like I realize now how waste of money. But I used to buy like for every football game, every home game I used to go to, I used to buy a twelfth man towel and write the score and hang it up on my wall. And then we started losing home games, and so that you know. But still, like, but yeah, I was at the you know, the bonfire game was. I mean, I still think about Mount Baumgartner catching the ball in the back of the end zone and, you know, Brian Gamble, um, you know, Jay Brooks hitting, hitting Apple White and causing the fumble and whatnot. You know, what's funny is I don't really feel old until I look at other people and I'm like, fuck, they look old. And so the (laughs) other day, I think Texags did an interview with Jay Brooks and they did an interview with Brian Gamble. I think Jay's a a police officer and Brian's a coach somewhere. And I look at that, I'm like, shit, you guys look old. Am I old? (laughs) Um, Like, (laughs) I'm not old and out of touch. Um, So, yeah, so that was one. And then the the 9-11 game, or yeah, the 9-11 game, like that was – you know, that's just Aggies coming together to do something, you yeah. know, like that, you know, they, it was, it was a group of just tremendous, it was a group of folks that I kind of ran in similar circles with, but was outside of the boundaries. Like I was in organizations and they were in the similar organizations and whatnot. Um, but they just took it upon themselves to do something. And it was, it was a, it was pretty, it was pretty damn cool. You know, and, and now that I'm, I'm 40 and I'm thinking about like a bunch of 18, 20 year olds pulling that stuff together in that little amount of time, like, yeah, that's pretty phenomenal, you know, and, right. and just the ability to be able to, to, to be able to, in that moment, in moments like that, you just want to do something and just feeling like you actually did something, you know, right. that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Right? That's what, that's what Aggies do. Absolutely. That, the, the picture from the alumni side of the, of the student section during that game is will always be an amazing picture. Well, what's fun about that is, you know, like there's that one picture of the woman holding up the flag, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, there, there, there's that one, like there's one iconic picture of the woman holding up a flag and all you can see is the red, white, and blue. And the funny part is, is that that was, a, uh, from my understanding, that was a stage picture and she was holding up the flag to cover up the Corps of Cadets. <laughs> and so, or either the holding up the flag to cover up the Corps of Cadets because they were still in beige or holding up the flag to cover up the Oklahoma State fans because they were still in orange. <laughs> so go back and look at that picture and you see that flag. It's very carefully staged about wearing uh, really? for the purposes of the presentation. I wonder if it was because they used to put the visitors over there on the yeah. northeast, I think that is, north northwest ends of south, 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 southwest, no, no. southeast. Southeast, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The one where they used. We're not to good. At, we're not good at directions. Uh, nobody. <laughs> Jesus. Cares. Fine. Uh, on a lighter note, I have to ask: Is QBU your favorite troll job ever? Uh, it's not a troll job, man. <laughs> <laughs> serious shit. <laughs> I believe in this. I, you know, like it. I. I like, I don't think of it as a troll job. I just think of it as joking around, and then people get unnecessarily upset about it. Uh, <laughs> You know, it kind of, it, it's all, you know, quite frankly, it's all Texag's fault. 
for back yeah. in the day whenever they yep. posted that tweet about with Ryan Tannehill and then yep. Johnny Manziel. The big graphic. And, you know, they had Tyler Tate and Kyle and Tate Martell and all that other stuff. So that's where it all started. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's it's fun to mess with people about that stuff. And the good thing is, is like, there's at least a few OU fans that kind of get what I'm doing and they'll give yeah. shit about that. And, you know, they'll, they'll joke around me about that stuff. But, you know, it, it's crazy to think about the, the amount – like how much of a damn feeder school we've been for quarterback town. Like even thinking back, like you know, Jamil Showers went to UTEP. Yep. yep. Ed Schokel went to TCU. I don't think he ever played there, you know, and then obviously Kenny went to TCU. Kyle went to Houston. Kyler went to, you know, OU did everything that we were hoping that he would do at A&M. And you know, it's been pretty – it, the the Sumlin era was definitely was definitely a you know a revolving door, but shit, we we definitely set some programs up for success. And I, to my knowledge, I think Kyle's still kicking it around in the NFL. Like, yeah, still, he just got yeah. he just got traded to the Redskins. Uh, yeah, and and Kenny Ron Rivera still picked a, him back up. Yeah, Kenny is over there. He's still a coach at TCU. Um, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he, you he know, kicked it around some, in the CFL for a little bit. You know, Johnny's back and healthy, and I think probably hanging out with Drake again. Like, good for everybody. You know? <laughs> no. like everybody's accomplishing their life goals. <laughs> but I think uh, I think Tannehill might have taken it a little too seriously, the Q- QBU joke this past season, because uh, yeah. the boy went off. <laughs> hey, good for him, man. Like, it's yeah. – I'm, I'm happy for him. Like, I, I, I'll always root for any Aggie to have success, and, and good for him for finding a place where – I mean, shoot, like, I, the kid has always been talented. Like, the talent was always there. It's just a matter of finding the right fit, and I guess the Dolphins weren't the right fit. So, good well, for him. I, I don't think Adam the Dolphins Gage. are the right fit for anyone. <laughs> See, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to give a shit about the NFL. Like, all of my energy <laughs> is dedicated to Aggie football. So, I don't, pay, I don't pay attention to, like, NFL stuff, but I'll pay attention whenever an Aggie is doing well or kind of pay attention to them. So, I don't know in all of the insides and outsides about what – Happened to Tannehill and in, in, in uh, uh, with the Dolphins, but yeah, but good for him. I'm happy for the kid. Well, Tannehill's on his paid. He's on his second hundred million dollar contract. So, <laughs> not, and you know the crazy part about that is that dude graduated with biomedical science. Biomedical science could have gone to med school. Like that's the like that's the thing that's frustrating because you see people like that and you're like, it, it's un, it's just fucking unfair how talented <laughs> and good at life you are. They have you know? it all. Have you seen yeah. his wife? It's just unfair. Like as today on Twitter, I saw you know there's a video going around about Bobby Brown just running, and I'm like, you are like twice as tall as me, four times as heavy as me, and more athletic than I will ever be and have ever been in my like. This is unfair, you know. Yeah. Like it's it, it's you know when you see shit like that, you just kind of realize that there's like you have this. Maybe you have these like the other day there was this thing on Twitter about. If you were behind an NFL line, would you be able? What would what would happen if they handed you the ball, right? And like, there's somewhat of this mindset that like the average Joe would be like, oh, I'd be able to pick up a yard or two or something like that. Like, man, hell no. Like, nope. No, I'm running backwards. No, I, uh, you, you're like you're dead. You're going to die. Like, you're. I, that's what's I had gonna a, happen. I saw that and I tweeted. It was like three carries. All any yards I get is just the offensive line's push. And yeah. then I get three fumbles and three concussions. That's what's happening on that one. I mean, you think about the number of NFL players who weren't able to perform, and those guys were, like, actually good at football. Yeah. And you put somebody out there who's not good at football, man, you're going to get your ass kicked. Like, Oh, there's a, there's a huge difference. There's regular people, and then there's athletes. And, like, yep. 
totally different. The NFL and NFL and college football players are not regular people. Nope. That's that's like I've told James about this. I had a classmate who was this fucking rec league all star in basketball and tried to tell me that he could win one on one against Kennedy Carter. I said, You're out of your fucking mind. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, dude, she's a girl. I played basketball in high school. I was like, I don't give a shit. You weren't even good enough to go JUCO. Yep. Especially not Kennedy Carter. Kennedy too, Carter's going like, to piece your ass Out of all up. the people that you pick on the women's basketball team, that's the one you pick. Better right, than like, your entire team. That is yeah. my philosophy by Kennedy Carter. Yeah, like, uh, it just drives me crazy. <laughs> all right. Well, Go ahead. Before we, before we get in the first or worst, who is your, like, most underrated Aggie? Like, you on think – in, just in general, like they don't give enough, they didn't get enough. Somebody love. that everybody else should forget about, yeah. but you didn't. Oh man, um, you know, in recent memory, one of the guys who I don't think got nearly enough run was Cyrus Gray. Um, oh yeah. You know, I think that he had like it kind of the same thing. He had kind of a cup of coffee in the NFL, and that was about it. But he was probably one of the best running backs we've had in recent mm. memory. I still like, you know. It, going back to that UT game in 2011, like I kind of knew that we were going to, it was, it was written in the stars that we were going to lose that game. And so whatever it is, what it is. Um, and, you know, but I, I firmly believe that that game was, I want to say sophomore Ben Molina's first start because the week before Cyrus had broke, had broken his collarbone at a random bullshit play against Kansas. And the thing that Ben Molina, he was a good, he could run the ball really pretty darn well, as we saw in 2012. But the difference between Ben and Cyrus was Cyrus's ability to be able to pick up the blitz. Yeah. Uh-huh. And all like UT did that day was just go after Tannehill. What well, their game plan was, they put Kenny Vaccaro on Ryan Swope, took Ryan Swope out the game, and just went after Tannehill. Yep. Yeah. And like if they were in, you know, Manny Diaz, to his credit, had the best damn game of his life, and then he lost his job the year after that. But, like, <laughs> but you know, if Cyrus Gray was in that game, I don't know if the outcome would have been different because I just think that UT was a better team than we were at that point. Um, but it, it might have been a slightly different game just by having somebody with the skill set to be back there and know when and where to pick up blitzes. So, yeah, um, yeah I'd say I'd, I'd say he he would be, you know, definitely one of them, you know underrated as far as who I'm looking forward to uh, this year. I guess one of them is not really underrated. One of them is kind of underrated. I'm really like, I was talking to a buddy of mine. Like, I really think that Anaya Smith is the X factor. This like, not even so we all, I think we know he's good, but I think he could be the person that takes this team from good to really, really, really good. Like if he, if we're able to get that one, two punch with him and Spiller and we can kind of make, make stuff work and he's able to have even a pretty good year i think that that could take us you know really over the top as far as where we need to go um so yeah yeah again that's kind of a he's kind of an obvious pick given the way that he ended the year last year but yeah he's definitely my pick for not really underrated but but kind of a linchpin guy to see what the year looks like yeah well speaking of this year what are your thoughts on the new schedule well uh it is like the most fucking aggy thing in the yep. world for like us to have gotten our asses kicked last year with the schedule and to come in to have an easier schedule this year and for there to be a plague. Like that is the most aggy thing of all time. Um, yep. You know, I, it, it, it is what it's, it's cliche, but it is what it is, man. I love, I do like the fact that we get Alabama second game. I like that a lot. 
You know, I like that's probably Mac Jones. That's probably Mac Jones instead of Bryce Young at that point. Exactly. You know, Mac Jones is still out there. We get a tune-up game against Vandy. You know, knock on wood, it'll be a tune-up game, and then really just kind of go to town and and see what happens. And you know, we're still be figuring stuff out. They'll still be figuring stuff out. Um, You know, the 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 schedule's really uh, the tail is the two back-to-backs we have of yep. uh, Alabama and Florida, Florida and then LSU and Auburn. Yep. The, the and two they did us dirty by – we had Auburn right where we wanted them in the original schedule because they lost all that talent. And uh, and then yeah, now we and, get them at the end of the season where Auburn historically has been the best team they are, they are going to be at the end of the year versus yep. like the opposite of what well, – Yeah, that's, that's when they always mess – you know, win the Iron Bowl and mess yeah. up everything, you know. Yeah. Like I, I'm I, – I, you know, it's about. I mean, it's about as good. At least, fuck. At least we're not Arkansas. It could be worse. Um, you know, I, I, I am, I'm, I'm not really. I'm sneakily worried about like Mississippi State, just because it's Mike Leach, and you never really know. And I Mike know they Leach got a fuck somebody quarterback every transfer, and every single year he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna pick somebody off. And I, I just hope like hell it's not us. You know, I don't think it will be. It will be at some point. It will be at some point. But, you know, if Mike Sherman was able to figure out Mike Leach, then hopefully Jimbo will be able to, too. Um, But that Auburn game, that's kind of the – that's the game, man. Like, that is the – that is – it's been the game for the past three years. Like, shoot, we haven't won that game since 2016. And we've come close every time. But that – Auburn is basically, like, they are where we want to be right now. Well, you know, forget thinking about being LSU. Forget thinking about being Alabama. We we want to be Auburn right now. We want to be that solid team. That worst case scenario, they're going to go ten and two. You know, maybe they pick somebody off and go eleven and one and get to a New Year's Six Bowl. You know, and, and when the stars align, they get to that title game. Auburn yep. is who we want to be right now. We just we're on the cusp. We just haven't been able to yeah. haven't been able to do it, man. Yep. I completely and, agree. And Malzahn catches a lot of crap, especially from Auburn fans. But the fact that he's able to put out that 10-win team every single year, basically, without re- – they don't recruit the same way as Alabama and, and yep. Clemson and, of the world. And he puts out a 10-win team every year. You know, that's something. That, like, you know, every SEC donor base is crazy in their own particular way. But, like, you know, thinking about, like, whenever Tommy Tuberville was there, they fly Bobby Petrino down in the damn airplane to, like yep. – you know, go try and take his job. And even thinking back, you know, I can't remember, um, even whenever we hired Jimbo, I know that there was a lot of talk that if Auburn were to make a move at that point, he'd much rather go, like, Jimbo would be really interested in the Auburn job because I think he was a quarterback coach there at one point in time. Um, but, you know, th- whatever they're doing, they're doing something right. And like you said, like, Malzahn, like, he's, I mean, if his worst, like, if his worst season is like an eight and four year and then he follows that up with a 10-win year and beats Alabama, like, what else can you ask for, man? Like, you can't really ask for much. Every time he wins nine games, they want to fire him, though. Yep. It's the, it, and, you know, it's, it's kind of you – know, you get to that particular place where, I mean, maybe Auburn is a different story, but, like, I've been – I think a lot about Matt Brown, like, back in the day when he was at UT. You know, they were winning nine, 10, 11 games a year, but they still wanted to fire him. You know, and it's one of those things where how do you hold a coach accountable for the high standards that that coach created? You know, yeah. like you're almost a victim of your own particular circumstance. And Mac Brown's a different story in the fact that he was able to really turn the corner and figure that shit out. But, uh, um, I mean, and now he's doing huge things in North Carolina, which is not oh, really shit. much of a surprise. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, always, it's always interesting whenever, like, high-achieving teams like that get impatient. Cause you yeah, like, know, like, like, um, 
the one that comes to mind is Nebraska with Bo Pelini. Sure. Oh, and they yeah, got mad because he was winning nine games every year. Well, I bet that's they, the, they'd that's give the, That's the dictionary of what, yep. of what we're talking about. Like when you open – Yeah, the, I mean, they would give anything to win nine games right now. Well, I mean, they, and that was the second time they did it too, Frank Solich. You know, Frank Solich took the team to a title game, I want to say in like 2002 maybe. He was against Miami. They got their asses kicked. But they were consistently winning nine, you know, maybe they had an off year here in nine games, but Nebraska's like, oh, we're the team of Tom Osborne. We should be winning 12 games every year. No, you're, you're not. You know, NCAA changed rules and requirements on partial qualifiers. You're not that team anymore, man. You're not, yeah. you know, and, and you are now like everybody else, except you're geographically really bound to who you can recruit. You know, now yeah. the, the warts are starting to come out a little bit. Right. And so, I mean, you know, it, it is a fascinating thing. Like, how do you – what what does that do for a coach? Like they were the reason that those that those high standards are there, you know. I, I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day, and the only the only coach that's ever been able to continually win twelve to eleven to twelve games a year is Nick Saban. Yep. Nobody else can do it. And yep. Even Dabo can't do it. He's had two generational quarterbacks, but what happens right. next? Right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they had some badass quarterback recruits, but so on. Nobody else can do that. And when Nick Saban dies or retires, whichever one comes first, I think it's going to open up a little bit of parity in the league sure. or in the nation in general because there's not going to be some random coach that steps in and can right. win 11, 12 games a year like Nick Saban. Right. Well, and you think, too, about, like, what the the process was to get to Nick Saban. Like, like you know, they were – it goes to show how much of a crapshoot – like, how much of a crapshoot hiring coaches is in general that they had – you know, obviously Fran there came to A&M and the entire Mike Price situation that happened. And I can't remember who they hired after Mike Price. Um, I'm blanking on that. I'll Google it. But, uh, um, but you know, in 2000, whenever they hired Saban, they were about to get, what's his name, Rich Rod yeah. from West Virginia. And, you know, yep. and then he banked out at the last minute and they went and threw all that damn money at Nick. And he's like, okay, great, let's go. Too bad that didn't but, happen. You know, you think about like that how much of a crapshoot that is that at one point in time people really, really, really wanted, you know, they really wanted Rich Rod to be their coach. In the same way that there was a large population of folks that before Jimbo was hired really wanted Chad Morris. You know? Yep. You think about those alternate those alternate pathways kind of fascinate me about what where the programs would be, like what happens to Arkansas? Who do they end up hiring at that point, you know? And where each program ends up being, like God help us if we'd hired Chad Morris, like that would. <laughs> oh God! So, the coach after Price was Mike Shula. I don't there know if go. I knew that. He, I didn't yeah, know he Mike, was there. I, I thought it was Mike Shula. I didn't know for sure if it was Mike Shula. But well, uh, you know, he couldn't now, have been there like, long. Well, uh, he was only there at, from '03 to '06. Yeah, like you look at like even like Alabama fans, they're having to beg their students to just stay in the damn stadium. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that's, but that's bananas. To me. I mean, have it's, you, have you gone, gone to an Alabama game yet? No, I have not. No, I haven't. When you go, <laughs> half the people out there have no intention of going to the stadium. They don't Crazy. give a shit. And, and they look at A&M as like a, oh, we're going to blow them the fuck out. Let's stay at the tailgate and drink beer and watch it on TV. Sally, that's not too like, far from the truth right now, but no, it's not. But like to yeah. take a team, well, no, so I'm not saying A and M's an elite team, but to take a team like us for granted is just take wild SEC, to me. SEC West team, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that basically means that they're only living for two games a year, which is LSU and Auburn. Yep, right. So they actually don't. 
take us as like that. A lot of people like respect A and M, and they always get worried I, every time I've I've been to. They told said, you that. That's what they tell you. Yeah. That's what they tell you to make you feel better. They said, "Oh yeah, A and M's a good team. Yeah, they're no. really <laughs> okay, good." Okay, you little fucker. The, in my experience, Alabama fans are really nice until you beat them. Yeah, they I, mean, got, I think that. Then I they're think not. That you can say that about every fan base. Yeah. yeah. You know, but like. Anyways, the, except the fan base. I mean, I guess you the, the team that you can't say that about is the teams that are used to losing. You know. Right. Like us. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Yeah, exactly. I get, Vanderbilt. I get, Vanderbilt fans are great, even when you beat their ass. <laughs> yeah. I you get know, mad at. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, like, our. I was thinking about Kellen's performance against Alabama. Like, strangely enough, he's had good, decent, pretty decent games against Alabama. Oddly enough, but anyway. I, I think with the deal with Alabama and Kellen is in the second half, there's a lot of urgency, right? And he starts slinging the ball around, and that's yep. when Kellen's at his best. Yep. Look so at the LSU press- seven overtime game. That was the yep. best Kellen in I've his, ever in seen. In his press conference. Actually, yep. 2018 Clemson's the best Kellen I've ever seen. Yeah, you know it, it's funny. I was just tweeting about this. Like it just it feels like like I'm a I'm a big Kellen fan, and I think we are for too. a lot of different reasons. I think this that is one, a Kellen fan club. You know, like I, I think that he unnecessarily gets shit from our fan base for no good reason whatsoever. Given the like, I, that's one piece of it. You know, I'm also like any. I'm also a fan of kind of the underdog. Like Devonte Harris was one of my favorite players of all time. I love Wait, which Devontae one? Harris. The real one or the gas? The real station one, one, not the gas station guy. <laughs> but, you know, like I was, I was a fan of Devonte Harris from day one. I love the fact that he went to the NFL and he played for the, you know, played for the Bucks, played for the Saints, and now he's like off doing his thing, making his money, all that other stuff. But like, you know, I, the thing with Kellen, like you said, like I think that whenever. You know, I think when Kellen lets his nuts hang, he's great. Yep. And I think the challenge is, is that Kellen is a military kid. He's got a very strong personality as a head coach. And I don't think that there is that necessary dynamic tension there between coach and player that there needs to be. Like, in some sense, there needs to be a little bit of frustration on both parts. Like, you know, Jimbo needs to be like, well, why the fuck did you run the ball? Why didn't you go through your progressions? And Kellen needs to be like, fuck you. I got 15 yards. We're fine. You know, let's move forward. I don't think that that's there right now. You know, I don't right. think that that has been there in the past. I think he's been there to follow orders. And I think that's why you see him really micromanage, overanalyze, double clutch when he might see a wide receiver open. I think that we're just like, I think we're seeing it with everything that's happened with the conversations about Sully and with all this stuff. With, I think we're seeing Kellen finding his voice and I'm really hopeful and I'm, I feel Maybe not confident, but I, you know, I feel this. I have this gut feeling that we're going to see Kellen really let his nuts hang on the field this year. You know, yeah. and I'm really that's why I, I want success for that kid, and more than just success, I want success on his terms. I want him to go out and do what he wants to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like the same argument of everybody asking, "Well, would Johnny have had the same year under Sherman?" Well, no. Yeah. He, of course he wouldn't, right? No, nope. because yep. there was no way he was Sherman was going to let him do that thing, do his thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same argument. Sherman right? wouldn't have yep. given him the job. <laughs> no, yeah. probably, Jameel Showers would have been. Well, I mean, with. I mean, you think back, like even even back in the Johnny days of Sumlin. I was thinking back on like the Florida game. The Florida game, we were run heavy. Thinking back on like the Louisiana Tech game, you know, we were running the Wildcat. Yeah, like, we were running the Wildcat with Christian Michael on the backfield. Like, you think about how absurd that is in hindsight. That in 2012, his Heisman year, we took the ball out of Johnny Manziel's <laughs> hands put him out as a wide receiver and let a running back run the wildcat. Yeah. Like that's just absurd to me. But at that point in time, like 
did. Like, I mean, it took that magic of Johnny figuring out who he was and Cliff Kingsbury being like, all right, shit, let's go. Like, you know, wide receivers, you better damn well figure out how to run the scramble drill because you'll be running a lot. And you know, you think about all that stuff coming together. And I think that part of that is that, like, you know, like I said, that dynamic tension, the quarterback's got to be able to, at some sense, make the offense his own. And I think that that's hard with the Jimbo Fisher offense. You know, yep. when you hire Jimbo Fisher, you hire his offense. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe I think we saw some of that last year with Kellen running. And, man, if we can just keep – if we can just unlock that a little bit, if, if, if Daryl Dickey can, you know, kind of find his voice in the in – the, in the um, coach's room and let Kellen run. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what Johnny had going so well for him was the fuck it attitude of saying, you know what, someone, fuck you. I'm going to go do my thing because I'm still going to start next week because I'm the best player on the field. And you need a little bit of that. The biggest thing Kellen's missing is is that swagger, that that attitude that that Johnny had, that Burrow had, that Burrow was – had the most of I've ever seen yeah. last year, but you know, Kellen just say, doesn't have, doesn't have that right now. You know, I would say the other thing that Kellen's, Kellen was missing last year. Um, I think Kellen was really missing a dog at wide receiver. Yeah. Like, you know, the year before we had Jace and Jace was a fucking dog. Like mm-hmm. he was going to go out there. Not only was he going to go out, he was going to go out there day in and day out, talk his shit, get his plays, get in people's faces, but he was going to make those tough grabs. Yeah. You know, I think Courtney, I think he's going to be a great pro. And Kendrick too, I think, you know, I think he just got cut by the Cowboys. I think they had the capacity to do it as we saw in moments, but I don't think that consistently they had that dog in them. You know what I'm saying? And I think you see that a lot. Go ahead. I think a lot of that wide receiver room last year was soft. I mean, between – Osman Osman was was soft for a lot of the year last year. Cam Buckley was soft, and yeah. Courtney just you know, kind of seemed there for most of the year. You know, and I think that like I, I think that with this year, I think you see a lot. I think you see that dog in a lot of players and a lot of young players. You definitely see it in Anaya Smith. You definitely see yeah, it in, Anaya, you know, Anaya DeMar- Smith for sure. You know, Demarvin Leal. You definitely you see that dog in them that they want to get up, they want to talk shit, they want to get hit, they want to hit back. You know, and I think that, like, I think Osborne is who he is. He is a possession guy, and yep. we have pigeonholed him into that particular place. We have pigeonholed him whenever it's third and eight, run something He's over He's going to run middle. a slant. He's going to run a slant. We're going to try and get you the ball. We have pigeonholed He's basically, like, almost like Jeff Fuller with the comeback route. Um, you know, I think Buckley's got it in him. You know, I think this is a big year for Buckley because I think the talent is there. But at the same time, you know, I'm looking forward to – I'm looking forward to the youngsters being out there. I'm really – I mean, obviously – Demond Demon, I'm looking forward to him. Like yeah, he's yeah. best talent we've seen a wide receiver, and I don't even know how long. But you know, Moose Muhammad, you know, like just all these youngsters that we recruited over the past few years, and really looking to see like whether they have that dog in them, whether the yeah. ball doesn't necessarily need to be in the strike zone for them to go. Like basically, if the ball is up in the air, I want a guy who's gonna be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go get it," and not somebody who's gonna say, "Well, I need the ball to be here" or something like that. You know, right. Like, when the ball's out there, it's your fucking ball. Go get it. You know, yep. it's, the quarterback did his job by throwing the goddamn thing. Go get the damn ball. So yeah, I, and I don't, I don't know if we have a single receiver that, does, that did that last year, but, like, back in the Johnny days, we had four receivers. We were four or five Mike receivers. Evans, Ryan, Ryan Swope literally couldn't play professional football because he yeah. had so much well, dog and in him. And, and, and you're you know, not even counting Ed Pope, who was, who was great yep. at going to get the fucking ball. Like, yeah. and they all wanted the ball. Izoma and Wachku, like, he was yep. – Force on the outside too. You got Ed Pope. You got I mean you Malcolm had a, Kennedy. You got a you had a dog. healthy number of guys that were 
that were there. And I think that they kind of, and I don't necessarily know, like, I think part of it is like, it's part of it is that they have to have it in them. But the other part of it is that there has to be that dog in the office that if the ball is there, go get the damn thing. You yeah. know, that was one thing that David, like I remember back in 2012, David Beatty was great at that part. He wasn't great at identifying talent, fucking great at coaching wide receivers. And I remember there was a video that came out. It might still be on YouTube, but it was just 12 minutes of wide receivers blocking and it was like football porn, man. It was so fun <laughs> to watch. If you get the chance, go back and watch it. Go back and see if you can find it. But it's literally just that 2012 team, and just all eyes are on the wide receivers blocking. And, cool. man, like, they got after it. Like, they were, like, knocking the piss out of people. Yeah. And that was really fun to see because you see people taking pride in doing that stuff. Yeah. And that's how, like, you know, you can – we can talk all day about people not being soft whenever they're catching balls in traffic, but that lack of softness is really developed when you got, a, you know, basically a wide receiver screen or a bubble screen or something like that. And you got to take the guy out in front of you. You want to go knock him the fuck over, or, you know, it's going to be a quarterback runner. You got to go pick up a guy off the edge. Like that's where that, that, that dog comes out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I and so like, you know, I think that, I, I think that our youngsters have that, you know, and I, and I think that, I think that we're going to see that on the field this year, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, so what I was getting at with the Kellen interview thing before my internet crapped out on me um, is I think he realized that everything we were talking about, how he's kind of scared and he just needs to sit back and sling it. Because in that interview this week, he was talking about how, you know, he was scared to make mistakes most of the time (laughs) until he was put – and I think he realizes once he's up against the wall – he just starts slinging it, and then he's that quarterback that we all know he can be. Right. So well, and you, you know, you think back on Kellen's like pedigree, like he was recruited to go play for Bryles at Baylor, you know. Yep. And so right. you think about what the skill set. Maybe it's not so different, but you think about the skill set associated with being a successful player in Bryles' system, and a large part of that is quick decisions, get the ball out if it's not there, take off and run. Yep. You know. And, and I, I think that that with Jimbo's offense, it's go through your reads, go through your reads, go through your reads. You know, if, the, if it's not there, don't make a mistake and live to play another down. And there's, there's a healthy balance between the two, you know, there, sure. and, and, and I think that that's part of what, you know, part of what Kellen needs to kind of find his voice a little bit and what Jimbo needs to compromise a little bit. And, you know, like we said, that we're reading the article today, like, something on Texag saying that they're going to go to more two back sets and whatnot. And so I'm, I'm hopeful, man. Like, well, I thought the two back sets that we ran last year against South Carolina were fucking great. Oh my you know, God. They were yeah. incredible. Like they were fun as hell. And it's still, you know, yeah. I don't know why we, you know, why we didn't see Cordary in the rest of the year, but um, yeah. yeah, it was pretty exciting. I mean, so I'm, I'm hopeful about that stuff. I mean, sorry, it's dark in here. The lights out. Of, uh, I haven't changed no, the light thing like we there. said, it's all audio. It's all audio. We're good. Um, it, Kind of back to the whole offense thing. Every fan base, the fan bases that run the spread, get the ball out quick, let the playmakers make plays, want, it, want an offense, throws the ball over the middle, down the field, big chunk yards. The offenses that run the pro style, get the ball out, down yeah, the they field. Want quick. Yep. They want something quick twitch. It, there's no – I mean, there's no right or wrong formula. And nah. every fan base wants the opposite because they all think that their offense isn't good enough. You like right, what you, you, you like what you have until you, it doesn't work one time. And I mean, then you like, saw that with Florida State with them hiring Willie Taggart. You know they went right. to spread and 
you know, that was clearly a poor choice. <laughs> that was abysmal. You know? and, and, and so, yeah, I, I, you kind of, you always, you're right. You always want what you don't have. And really, I mean, honestly, it just, it just comes down to who you have running the damn thing. If you have talent out there, talent's going to show up, you know, yep. talent's going to show up and make plays, you know? Yep. You know, Arkansas has got, still got neck issues from the whiplash they're getting going from Bielma to uh, what's his name. And then back to yeah, spread, or, like, Chad you know, Morris. I feel for them. So I did my my master's degrees from the University of Arkansas. So I was in Fayetteville for a good two, three years whenever um, Matt Jones was up there and Houston Nutt and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, I feel for them, man. That that's a that's a fan base that um, that's a that's a proud diehard fan base. I feel for them on one hand, but then on the other hand, I still like it. Doesn't matter how many wins we string along against them, I will never forget 2011. Like until yeah. the day that I die. Yep. I was in Vegas with a buddy of mine. We were at the Aria Sportsbook, you know, looking, watching the game there. And we can, we just, like, I remember going to where I don't like to bet on football or Aggie football because I'm too emotionally invested in it anyway. And so I go up to the place to place a bet. And this was the week after Oklahoma State that we've lost the lead there. Fuck that game, by the way. And he way. was just like, yeah. And he was just the guy at the place was like, hey, you know, I can't believe I bet on y'all. And I lost a shit ton of money. I'm like, huh, that really sucks, dude. Like, sorry, <laughs> sorry that you lost money. My emotional well-being is at stake here. And so, like, we're watching this game and everything's cool and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, like, we start losing and, like, we lose that game. And so I, I really don't care. I sincerely hope we beat them because that game gets weirder and weirder every single year. And this year, with it being a Halloween, it's certainly going to be a clusterfuck. But like, oh shit, I didn't even see know, that. You know, but I, I, it doesn't matter how many times we beat them in a row. I, I will always, I will never ever forget that string of wins that they had from 08 to 11 and how yep. terrible that felt. Yeah. Yep. So y'all want to get into sports rivalries? Get it rolling. Sure. Oh, I had, I had, I had one more. Uh, actually, two more things. Um, one is the eligibility. If y'all saw, I don't know if y'all saw this, but yeah. NCAA is talking about giving every fall athlete um, no eligibility, like uh, not using a year of eligibility this year. What the fuck? Yeah, That's so gonna, you want to talk about it's going to be a mess. But you know, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, right, I, mean, I mean, with two major conferences sitting out, they kind of had to. Well, right? did you see yeah. what the Big Ten was trying to do? Or what five teams in the Big – six teams in the Big yeah. Ten was trying to do? And now I think that that's kind of lit a, lit a fire under the Big Ten that they seem to be more committed in having – trying to plan out a winter, spring. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's just a damn mess right now. Like, there's no, there's no good answer for any of this shit. What was the Big Ten trying to do? There were six teams that were coming together to try to make – a 10 game schedule playing oh. each other, everybody twice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it's a, it's, 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 it's uncharted territory for everybody. And I recognize that everybody's trying to survive and whatnot, but it's a, it is a mess. I, I don't really see the extra year of eligibility really affecting that many players because the good ones are leaving after their junior year anyways shoot some of the good ones are sitting out right now yeah exactly i just really don't want to see sam ellinger's bitch ass one more yeah. year in texas because you know his <laughs> fucking ass is gonna stay well this this could be an extra year of kellen too i mean kellen could be a guy oh that's, gosh i would love that for a fan yeah that'd be awesome. could play oh, an extra God, year that would make me so happy texas would implode and i am there for that him and ellinger are right on the same level of borderline should you stay or should you leave you know kind of deal yeah, it'll be, you know, it. this is, again, like going back to 
going, I, I, I have no beef with, I, I don't like Sam Ellinger just cause he's a longhorn, but I got no beef. He's a talented kid, whatever. I, I think, think he's that, a prick. I think he's a prick too, but I think he's a talented <laughs> kid. And like, honestly, like, this is one of those times where if he was my guy, fuck yeah, I'd be 100% behind him. But because he's their guy, like, I'm not going to like, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. And so, of course. Um, but, you know, this, this, going back to Kellen, this is that money year for him. You know, if he can be that guy that was against Texas State last year, dropping dimes, like dropping dimes in a bucket, like, yep. we'll see, man. Like, I think that I think that the NFL is rooting for Kellen to have a good year because all of the damn skill sets are there. The talent yep. is all there. Yeah. It's just a matter of can he let his nuts hang? Yeah. And honestly, it comes down to. I hope Kellen doesn't stay next year if they grant the extra year of eligibility because that means he had a hell of a year. Yep, absolutely. But the quarterback room is going to start getting a little crowded too. Yeah, it is. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, it's, it's. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I don't know if they're going to basically put in restrictions on how many people can be recruited or if they're going to allow 100-plus people on the roster. I mean, I don't know what that – I don't know. Shoot, you think about what that's going to do to the transfer portal right now. Like, Oh, my God. You know, but, it, but even on the flip side, too, like I, I was reading something today on Twitter um, that UT is at 72 scholarships right now or 70-some-odd scholarships right now. They're like they're down 10, which really? is crazy. I don't know how that ends up happening. You know, so I'm hey. sure that they're going to be up to 80 by giving scholarships to walk-ons and stuff like that. You know, I think we were down three-ish. Um, you know, I think LSU, I read, I don't know if this is true or not. It was on TechSag, so it's probably not. Like, it's, it was, I think LSU was down 10 as well. Um, so it'll be, you know, it'll be, the numbers are going to be fascinating to watch. It'll be really, really interesting to see what happens. I mean, I don't see how they could limit the number of, I, I don't see how they could cut back on the scholarships you give next year because you've already promised scholarships to so many kids. I mean, there's yep. teams that already have 20 recruits right now. Yeah, I mean, the first the first thing that time it would be able to do anything would be 2022 probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you're already got – you're down the pathway right now of that, you know, 25 number, that 25 hard cap, and all, all you can do is just take that number and figure it out in 2022. Yep, 100%. So right, string, so this is I, our guy. This is our guy that does graphics for us on our web on my website and everything. This hey, is, what's up, homie? My name is so, Andy. Why does it say? Why did you put your real name on there? Because I got to be official, you know. <laughs> you, didn't put, you didn't bother putting glazed nuts, cinnamon glazed nuts, dude. The, I'm no longer oh. that person anymore. You're cinnamon glazed nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's just, it's such a strange thing to like see somebody with their screen name. <laughs> I've been to a couple like Good Bull Hunting tailgates and stuff like that, and people are like, "Oh, string," and I'm like, "This is very strange." <laughs> I hey, you, I am, but it's very strange. <laughs> have you met Cuppy Cup? Yeah, I've met him a couple times. He's a good dude. Okay, yeah, smart as shit, man. Like, oh, is he really smart? Like, he is that doesn't surprise me. Tremendously smart. Cuppy's a good guy. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, so I, have, I have one more question. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know you're a, a big Rockets fan, so I wanted to ask uh, how if you so watched the Rockets big, game the other day. I watched and, parts of it because I'm I'm a big ninety I'm a big '90s Rockets fan when I was growing up, and again, like I said, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to follow any other sports <laughs> right now. Uh, but I watched I watched part of the game yesterday that they 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 they, they, they won pretty handily, which is good. Yeah, I, okay. I was gonna make a, a like try to sit down and watch it, and then I. 
turned the TV on right before I was about to go eat. Saw we were just kicking the shit out of them. I was like, well, it's yeah. not worth my time anymore. Not so. worth it anymore. Yeah, no. So, I, see, I, like, in the way that I am about Aggie football right now, that's how it was about the Rockets in the 90s. Like, all the way, basically from 92 all the way up to I graduated high school in 97. And even 98, you know, once I became a diehard football fan, again, like I said, I just kind of ran out of room for the Rockets. Yeah. So, well, my question is really related to that, Aaron. My question was, we had a guy on, I don't know, while oh, there, no, uh, this Spurs fan that uh, said idiot. that Tim Duncan is better than uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. And Get I the wanted fuck out of here. That's, <laughs> that's the dumbest damn thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Hey, that's exactly Wait, what was his argument again? That we the were... argument was rings. Yeah, you know, it was I mean, mainly based around rings, rings. Rings are a team thing, man. Like, right. you think about who, like, you look at that roster that Olajuwon won the title with back in 93, 94. Like, who was this second guy? Otis Thorpe? Like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, no. Wasn't I mean, was Robert Ory on that team? No. Robert Ory was on that team. He was yeah. there because that was the year they almost traded him to the Pistons, too. Um, but, you know, I. I all respect to the Spurs. Like they, they had a hell of a run, but we still whipped their ass in '95, which was. Yeah. But no, I Hakeem is all time. Like I, I don't. Maybe somebody could convince me otherwise, but I don't. I don't. I don't see that. I don't. It's not the guy we had on. I, I feel like every Rockets fan that was alive, you know, that I was born in '95, so I didn't live oh, it. But every Rockets fan. <laughs> Yeah, like you didn't have to drop that in there, man. You didn't have to do hey. that. That's, 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 that's just too far. Unnecessary harassment. <laughs> that's a, I am I getting ejected for that targeting right there? I already told you that I am emotionally vulnerable from having been in the house for so long. <laughs> Tell me that you were born the year that I went to like driver's ed. <laughs> I feel like every Rockets fan that lived and watched Kareem, I mean, watched uh, uh, Hakeem do it at the time is going to just be offended by that statement. I mean, because they lived it. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, I can't even put into words. Like he was, it was just like, it was just the, I mean, again, I'm an Aggie fan. I've never seen a fucking national title in my entire life and God willing, hopefully someday. So you weren't, you weren't alive in 39 is what you're saying. No, I was not alive. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for asking, though, asshole. I just had to make sure. <laughs> no, no, but, like, man, the, the energy around the city and all that other stuff was just – it was just a different vibe, man. It was – it was yeah. – you know, it was – I still got my – I still got my my Lajuan jersey that I, you know, wear out to the pool that I bought when I was, like, 14, 15 years old. And, you know, still go wear that out there whenever oh, I go. Oh, so now but, I'm offended that you still fit into what you had when you were 14 or 15 years old. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, too. Like, when I was four, it was the mid-90s, and hip-hop was, like, wearing lots and lots of baggy stuff. Oh. <laughs> it's like, have you wearing, seen the – I was wearing the, the, grown man shit back then. <laughs> <laughs> the draft day picture with, like, LeBron and that whole draft class where they're all oh, wearing, like, like baggy suit? pants and oh, <laughs> baggy suits, yeah. Man, like – I love those suits. I want to go back to that stuff. Yeah. You could basically, like, make a bedspread out of it. I want to go back to that stuff. <laughs> hey, what did you think of the New Jerseys? Which ones? The Rockets? Whenever they – No. Well, the, no, the A&M no. Ones. Okay, yeah, you, know, ones. you know, they're growing on me. Like, so, so whenever – in 2012, whenever we moved to the new New – to the old New Jerseys, right, I remember there was, like, this unveiling thing at um, Rudder Auditorium. And I was working at A&M at the time. And so me and my buddy, we went over and we went to go see the unveiling. And we're, I was floored just because there was rap music playing. Like, I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> rap music at A&M, this is wild. 
you know, and they came out on those things and I'm like, Oh, these are the most different. They're just crazy. How crazy like they look from the austere, you know, uniforms that we had under, under, under Sherman. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't like them when I first saw them, you know, I thought it was cool as shit that the model that they had for the pictures was Floyd Raven. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I didn't really like him at the start, but now that, you know, the official Aggie Athletics website's been really been, been putting out a lot of the pictures of the players in them. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, all right, they're really they're starting to grow on me. You know, they're really uh, they're very Jimbo. You know, they're very yeah. traditional and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. Like I I, I like them. Um, you know, it's just hard getting. I, I I think I like them. I'm starting to get to the point where I might like them a little better than last year. But I'm also not one of those you know old Aggies who are like, oh, uniforms are work clothes. Like no, I like throwbacks. I like alternate yeah. uniforms. Yeah. I like. You know, the only uniform that I hate till the day that I die was those 2014 Mississippi State uniforms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but you know, I so I like that stuff. I'm I I I like what we're doing with them. I mean, I'm I'm good with it. And they're very Jimbo. They're very very yeah. Jimbo. Yeah, I I'm gonna miss the shoulder stripes. I think that was yeah, just such short, a that was such <laughs> a an identifier yeah. for A and M football. Mm-hmm. Nobody else had just, that. They'd be the perfect uniforms if you throw on the uniforms if you throw on the stripes. Yeah, yes. so everybody whole, saw those stripes. You could just every, put those stripes in a picture, and they would say Aggie football. But right. I, I want just, something like that. I just but, didn't like the Matt helmet. I I, I I liked it when we started with nobody it. Nobody cares cool. about the helmet. You know, but the helmet was cool back in 2012. Right. Yeah, that it was, was like right. the big It was back thing. then. Hip and trendy back then. It was basically mm-hmm. like boot-cut jeans, and now they're out of style. <laughs> until, like, you know, like you're not you gonna take that one to dude, note. I'll, take I'll, that one you know, to note, Jorfy. I'm just getting targeted left and right, man. I didn't say <laughs> I, it. It was James I, that said it, man. But uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm 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 good with it. But again, like I I, I like the shoulder stripes. Like whenever the '98 throwbacks came out last year or two years ago, like I like those. And shit, I was in school back in '98. That was fun to watch and all that other stuff. But I'm like, man, I really like our new uniforms way more than those old ones. Like those are yeah. cool and all, but. But I think it's kind of one of those things where you were talking about the difference between, you know, whenever they're in a spread offense, they like the, the slow-paced offense. When you're slow-paced offense, you like a spread offense. I think it's the same thing. When you have those flashy uniforms, you want something more simple. When you want some, when you have more simple uniforms, you want something more flashy. Yep. I think it's kind of just yeah. the same general concept 100%. that, especially as Aggie fans, we're just unhappy no matter what we have. And we've so, talked a little bit about jerseys on here, and I've said, like, I like the – the schools that can pull off having like the classic uniform, the Penn State, Alabama, USC, that kind of thing. But let's not kid ourselves. A and M isn't. Oh, we're that. not there. We're yeah. not that, right? Nope. So there's no sense in trying to be that. Yeah, and I think that, like you said, like you like you mentioned about the shoulder stripes being iconically A and M, and especially since that they weren't necessarily a new thing for us. Like we had them back in the '70s. They were part of our, you know, they're part of Aggie football lore. I think that that stuff to me is part of that branding process. You know, it's part of that branding process to be able to identify, you know, to be able to create identifiable marks in the same way that Alabama has with the numbers on the side or Penn State has with the striped helmets and stuff like that. So I think, you know, I think we missed on an opportunity to do that. Um, But, you know, again, it kind of goes back to the entire piece of this is Jimbo's program and what is a Jimbo Jimbo Fisher uniform going to look like? It is going to look like, maroon basically like a maroon plain t-shirt with a&m on it and white pants that's what it's going to be i mean the only only alternate the the only alternate we've run the entire time with jimbo is the throwback so (laughs) 
Yep. I mean, yep. it's, it's going to be the same stuff every single time. That way Which, you can take the thought out of it. So yeah. I, I think we cool. should wear those throwbacks every year, once a year, every year. The, the, oh, we, we are can, against Kentucky. We you know, already what are. Looking, what I'm looking forward to is I'm looking forward to the day that we get the 2012 uh, to the 2012 to 2019 <laughs> throwback. <laughs> And we're going to be like, oh, these are so dope. I can't believe we used to wear those. Like, oh, <laughs> y'all will be at the point where I am where you're like, shit, I feel old. I remember watching them play in this. <laughs> y'all will be at that point where I am right now. <laughs> yeah. So y'all want to go around and just we'll just go one and one. Um, first and worst sports rivalries. Uh, or we can go more than that. String, we'll let you start. Uh, oh, Somebody go first. I you need to go, think uh, about this for a second. Whenever it goes sports or college football? College football. Well, I was gonna go both. That way, if you get if somebody takes yours, you have more. Like that's fine. Yeah. But whenever you need to hop off, feel free to. We don't want to. Yeah, hold yeah, you I'll, yeah. I'll do this, and then I might hop off after that, just to make sure that I'm not. The best okay. Well, children. yeah. And then before we let you go, I need because I'm about to be number one. How into Texas A&M football is your wife? Um, she's into it because I'm into it. But if I wasn't into it, she wouldn't give a shit. Like, okay, so I have a question because I feel like emotionally I'm about where you are, maybe not on the level with A&M sports. What, how, how, I need your advice as somebody who is now engaged on how <laughs> to keep happy wife but still being uh, Aggie fanatic and emotionally invested. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like that's a better question to ask my wife because she's probably going to So do the opposite of what his dumb ass has been doing for the past. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I am lucky that my wife indulges me on this stuff. Like, like yeah. she recognizes that this is a large chunk of – it's not even something that I enjoy. It is a large chunk of who I am. Like, I, that was – I mean, honestly, that was one of the more difficult parts of moving away from College Station is I, I that's part of who I am. Like, Texas A&M is who I am. My dad went to this school. I wanted to be an Aggie since I was, like, could remember anything. You know, this is – and the football team is just a physical manifestation of that. And so, in that sense, like, I appreciate the fact that my wife, like, you know, recognizes that stuff. And I'll be honest, I've probably driven her nuts about this stuff. Like, I think you just kind of do what you're going to do. You know, I think this yeah. is part of who you are. And you run with it. Like, I've annoyed the shit out of my wife. I remember the 2014 Arkansas game. We were living in a two-story house. And, again, it was an Arkansas game, so it was weird as shit. And we were watching the game downstairs, and shit was going wrong. And I'm like, we're going upstairs. We're moving upstairs right now. And at that point in time, we had, like, a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And then we had literally had to pick all their shit up and move it upstairs. (laughs) But she indulged me because she knew that it was important to me. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and so I think it's just one of those things where you you obviously be respectful of your wife and whatnot, but you also gotta maintain those things that are that are that are important to you and keep those hobbies. And part of one of the one of the things of a I guess one of the pieces of advice that I would have for a good marriage is is that you know it's important to keep your sense of self because you being a strong you makes y'all a strong y'all. Yeah. Ah yeah. That's awesome. Maybe and again, my wife's gonna, my wife's gonna burst in like the Kool Aid Man. And be like, <laughs> Let me tell you what it's really been like. <laughs> Maybe Woody will get his shit together one day. And this weekend. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that's that what we heard that one before. Oh, All right, uh, you want somebody to start? With?